What's up, what's up, everybody? Uh, it's your boy, Kendall K. Howard, back here again with another episode of Supper and Cinema. Um, this week, uh, we're going to talk about... Well, first, let me get into the food I got. So I just picked up my order. Uh, this week's food comes from Talio, by the way. And usually, you know, I go to places, meet nice people, you know, go to restaurants, be kind to people. I used to work at restaurants, so I know how it is. I went to Tallyho just now. Um, I, I walked in, you know, just sitting there waiting. Uh, it's not too, not too many people there, anyways. Um, and this lady, she said, "I'll be with you right in." I said, "All right, cool, cool." Uh, she sits there and like she's over getting this order ready. It's like five or six trays. She got a prayer, so I see her. She's working. This other girl walks out with her, and she's over just sitting there watching her do this. And I'm just sitting there like thinking, I said, "All right, well, maybe she's helping out. Maybe she's new." She's not. She's just the girl just sitting there just watching her, and I'm like. All right, maybe she can help me out. Maybe she can assist me and, you know, bring my food. Because I'm assuming I, I place this order at probably 6.30, 6.40. I get there around 7. Because there is a thing around here that Tali Hill takes his time making his food, which is not bad, no, in most cases, because you want quality food to be made in quality time. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm a little bit hungry already. I'm sorry. But you want to make it in good, like, quality time, you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, all right, I'm going to call this order, head back home, change, do whatever. I'm going to get my food on the way here to the studio. So I get my, I get there, like I said, I'm over here waiting. This girl's over here just sitting there watching him. I make eye contact with this girl. She, like, looks at me, like, timidly. I, like, barely makes eye contact with me. I'm like, all right. So now I'm leaning on the, on the counter at this point. Just sitting there, I ain't saying nothing. I'm just leaning on the counter, just, you know, smiling and whatnot. Keeping a happy face. And the girl, she's literally taking her time preparing this order. Like she's going through the checklist over, moving slow over, doing this and that. Make sure it's all good, blah, 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 blah. People come get their food, blah, 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 whatever. She finished them up. And then she asked me, how can I help you, sir? The other girl has the audacity. There's a guy behind me. The other girl has the audacity after that to say, how can I help you, sir, to the other guy. I said... Now, I want to, now this ain't the show where I cuss, so I'm not going to cuss. I said in my head, I said, this female dog. I said, man, I said, all right, that's whatever. So the girl said, I'm, so I was already mad at that, at, that, at that girl for not even just acknowledging me and just acting like she can't even talk to me. Like, I don't know why she would, she didn't want to talk to me. In my, in my head, I'm thinking, because, you know, I am black. And this girl is white. So if you're black, you can understand, like, how... Some white people can be scared to talk to you. Or just any minority. You can understand how white people can be weird and, like, or just not, like, just acknowledge you or just act like they can't talk to you, especially if you're black, especially if you're a black man. But I'm not even an intimidating-looking black man. <coughs> God. I'm not even an intimidating-looking black man. I'm freaking 5'9", 150 right now. I'm going to be 160 soon. I'm going to get back in the gym. Y'all, y'all just wait. I'm 150, and I'm like, all right, whatever. So that, that, I was like, all right, that, that, I wasn't let that damn my move. So the girl said that I'm talking to at the counter. She says, um, oh, um, I don't think it's ready yet. I'm going to let you know when it's ready. I'm like, I said, dang, how long it take me out to make it? At this, like I said, give it, like at this point, it's like 30, 40 minutes. I'm like, so that's the reason why I called this order in early, knowing it's going to take a while. I was, ready, I was ready to do some stuff at home, but I'm like, you know what? I feel like maybe it'd be ready by now. I gave it about 20. I said, maybe be ready right now. 
So she said, um, I don't know if it's ready or not. I said, all right. I said, how long it takes? She, she said, oh, well, we've been slammed, blah, blah. I said, all right, whatever. So I just sit there, calmly wait. A minute goes by. Kendall? I go up there and I check my food. And granted, or note, I see three to-go uh, boxes or freaking bags sitting behind her. I seen this brown... I seen this brown bag sitting there the whole time since I walked in the, in the freaking restaurant. I seen this sitting there the whole time. And she grabs it. And she, I asked, I said, this bag been sitting here the whole time. She said, oh, well, apparently I'm blind, but I, I just grabbed it. It just came off this blah, blah, blah. So I was like, all right, whatever. So that, that whole thing just set me off. I used to, when I first came here, I used to eat at Taco because it was like the thing, it's like a little spot, especially like around campus. It's a spot where a lot of people go to eat, especially late at night after you come home from, you know, having a good time having with the with the girls or the boys and, you know, you over or what or whatever. I'm not saying I do the, the latter, but just like if you're coming from a good time because it's open 24 hours. So it's like this place is always open. It's always available. So I'm going to still eat. So I'm... So I'm, I walk out. I'm just frustrated. I'm like, what? Like what? Like what the hell just happened? And I don't want to act like they are racist. I don't want to put that on them because that was just an experience I just had. I don't go too often. So I can't really claim that they are racist. But from that experience, that really like set me off a little bit. And I just I just wanted to share it with you. I know this is about the movie, but it's also about the food I'm getting too. And the way I received this food. It was a headache. And I just, like, this literally just happened not too long ago. But, beyond that point, the food I have today is a Tolly Ho burger um, with a fried egg uh, and habanero cheese um, with no mustard and mayo. Some of y'all probably like, ugh. But I'm like, uh, yeah. And I just realized when I took the video, I took the video of the bun upside down. But... You see it now. It's a sesame bun. So, oh, well. <laughs> Forget Tally Ho. I ain't going to eat that for a minute. I ain't probably going to go back or after this experience. Forget them. So, that's beyond the point. Let's talk about the movie. Birds of Prey. It's so good. Talk about that habanero. Hold on, that habanero cheese. That was a good, good addition. Good job, Kendall. I added that habanero cheese and that fried egg to that to that burger. It's not used to come on there, but I added it on there just because I was hungry. And I ain't since freaking twelve seven. I'm starving. So, to the movie Birds of Prey: The Emancipation of Harley Quinn. So, let's talk about the film. Will you like it? This is. The follow-up to uh, Harley Quinn, played by Margot Robbie, after um, Suicide Squad. So, uh, yeah, let's go ahead and talk about this film. Uh, the movie starts off with a cartoon opening to explain Harley Quinn's origins, because not many people know, if, unless you're a, a big DC fan, a lot, a lot of people don't know about Harley Quinn or origins. So she goes through and talking about her life, about how, hold on, let me take me another bite. I'm sorry. I'm. We already what? what how, how many minutes? Are we? we already about eight minutes in. I ain't even got to the movie yet. I just had to start off with that story because that really like no, that really messed me up. But let me go. It took me another bite. Mm. 
They probably spit my food. I don't know. I'm so good. Hamish Bill Burke. So, like I said, I saw the movie explaining her origins, talking about her, her when she was a kid, uh, and like kind of give you a background for why she is the way she is. So, it starts off. It starts off talking about her and her father. How her father kept like he she he sold her for a six pack of beer. Crazy. I mean, she's cheap. Uh, and she kept coming back wanting like his love. Like she wanted that male figure love, basically, essentially. So, so that happened, and then she how she went through college and how she like got her psychology degree because if you know if you know the comics, she was she is a registered psychiatrist, which is how she met the Joker. And talk about her breakups. She had in college until she met the Joker, fell in love with him, and that's when um. Sounds kind of cold. See, that, that fool been sitting there for minutes. See, I knew, man, I ain't never going back to Tyler Hall. This is the only time I don't get food on my show. I might get food from her again. This is good. But not right now. Not for another couple months. But anyways. And she goes to, talking about her breakup. Since she met the Joker, blah, blah, blah. Throws into the Acme little thing. That's why she her skin is all pale and white. And following, she talked about her, how they tag team. She was the brains operation for a lot of his uh, stuff that, like, all lot, a lot of his crimes that he did. Then it kind of like talked, it kind of covered a little bit of Suicide Squad how they how they broke up, and you kind of get a sense of the movie. It's, it 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 sets the tone for the movie. What you see is like kind of a recurring theme throughout the movie. It sets the tone of like heartbreak and uh, betrayal, which is like a big, a uh, big big part of not just her but a lot of the characters you meet throughout the film. It talks about her um, and. How Harley, after the breakup with Joker, she kind of loses a sense of herself, and she feels doubted by many because a lot of people like this only associates themselves with her because she's Joker's girlfriend, and she didn't want too many people to know about being uh, about her about them two breaking up. So that was something that like kind of kicked off the film, and we've seen early on like she hangs out with some friends, like she goes out drinking and whatnot, and like just having a time of her life, and like like I said, that sense of betrayal starts off at the beginning of the film. And we see that she's with her friends, and they like talking about her behind her back. Why she's giving them drinks, by the way? Like, they can't even wait to talk about her. Like, until they like they separate. Like, the girl was really like literally around the corner. Like, I don't know how uh, thick they think them walls are or something, but it's whatever. So that's what happened at the beginning of the film. And like I said, she goes on this drinking binge. She goes to this club, and at the same time, while this is going on, we see uh, another character in the film. Who gets introduced early in the film uh, is a police detective played by Rosie Perez. Her name is Renee Montoya. Um, she kind of has like the a similar story to Harley Quinn in this movie, as we see. Uh, kind of like is doubted and uh, underrated by many, specifically man. That's kind of like a that's, that's kind of a theme in the movie. Uh, that go- <laughs> guys, fries is great. Dry my throat out. I'm gonna eat some more though. I'm sorry, y'all. Yeah, but that's part of the reason why y'all 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 tune into this anyway. Y'all like to watch people eat, specifically me. Mm. Mm. But 
them in one moment. We'll go five. And, like I said, as a current thing throughout the film, of man down a lot of these female characters. Um, with uh, Rosie Perez's character specifically, she's a. Y'all just down with some water real quick. Alright. She's a small crazy. Um and uh so with her specifically, she is a detective. I lost my train of thought. I'm sorry, y'all. She's a detective and the person she works with kinda gets all the credit for her work that she does. She's like a very smart detective. Like we see early on, she's able to pick apart this crime scene and what goes on, like how this killer, who turns out to be Huntress throughout the film, uh how she killed this uh this people in the in the fashion she did. And she gets fed up uh, because, like, like I said, the captain of the of the police precinct precinct is that the department, whatever you want to call it, takes credit for a lot of her stuff. And she's also dealing from with a breakup too from her girlfriend, who is the assistant DEA. And like I said, break like betrayal, doubt, breakup is a theme that you see throughout the film with a lot of these female characters. Um, so she got that going at the same time, and um, we we. We go on and we meet this villain um, who, at the beginning, like even Harley Quinn, because she narrates throughout the film, uh, especially throughout the beginning, not so much towards the end, but we see throughout the beginning of the film that Harley Quinn narrates a lot of stuff that does transpire in the movie. Uh, we see a lot of flashbacks to uh, a lot of like rewinds, like it, the movie would go forward and then kind of rewind back into like a different character's viewpoint of the story, um, kind of kind of same thing, because they all. All characters intertwine in some way, form, or fashion, and they eventually get bring together or brought together. But uh, initially, at the beginning of the film, we see this uh, villain uh, named Roman Sionis, Sionis, aka Black Mask, for those who know. Black Mask, played by Ewan Mc. <coughs> Excuse me, that's part of the show. I eat, I'm on burp, obviously. Uh, played by Ewan McGregor. Um, who he, he's the main villain of, the, of this film, and we get a sense of who he is early on. Uh, this guy likes to cut people's faces off. So uh, this film is rated R. So if you if you don't, <laughs> they don't really show too much. Detail. It's not like the cameras like fixated on the face while the face is getting cut off. But there is a scene where you see somebody's face do get cut off, and they do simulate with this little girl's face get cut off as well. So sorry if that offends you. Uh, that happens. And Black Mask character is is, is very interesting. Um, uh, McGregor because I. I looked at him, I, was, I knew it was Ewan McGregor to begin with, but I had to, like, think if it wasn't some other, like, actor, make sure it wasn't Ewan McGregor, because, I don't know. This, from being, from him being Obi-Wan Kenobi, to my, in my eyes, to now playing this very insecure and possessive type character, which is the total opposite of who Obi-Wan Kenobi really is. Because um, we'll see throughout this film, at least almost every scene that we see with Black Mask, he flips out about a lot of stuff. Like, it could be the most minuscule thing that goes on or that happens, and he completely loses it. Like, just loses his mind and, like, pouts like a, like a child, like, like a teenage, like a, not even, like an adolescent middle school girl who doesn't get what she wants, basically. Or, like, just a bratty little boy. Like, it just, you just see it. Like, he just, he pouts and pouts. And 
to go, to add on to that, he has this weird sidekick throughout this film named Victor. And Victor is, like, overprotective of him. But in a way, not overprotective of, like, that, like, like a, a masculine overprotective, but, like, overprotective in a way that, like, you, you, you think in your head, does this guy, like, he has, like, a crush on him. Because you see and, like, how he gets up on him. Like, sometimes he's, like, so close in his face and, like, talking to him, like, yeah, like, boss, you, yeah, maybe we should kill him. Like, it's, it, I don't know, like, what was the inspiration behind that? But it, it makes you think, like, does this guy like get off to this to uh black mass or something? Like, does he sit in the room, black mass ain't there, and like like helps himself and like releases his uh <laughs> is that <laughs> is that shit? I, I don't know. It's excrement and <laughs> cause you'll see, it's weird. It's really weird. And like he just tags along with it. So you have this possessive, insecure main villain with this weird, like sexually like sidekick like he's sexually attracted to him like is this but it, it the movie doesn't like gives too much nod to it to where it's like it's, he's actually really attracted to him, but it's just like weirdly overprotective of him and like it's a weird way i don't know so that like that that happens in the beginning of the movie and as the movie progresses and as we see as it goes on um we realize that harley quinn is crazy as hell Big shocker, right? <laughs> shocker. She's crazy. Like, as if we didn't know. We realize that she is crazy as hell. And how she is not in prison or under the under watch by any type of federal government following the events of Suicide Squad or, or some of the stuff that she do. Because we see at the beginning of the film, like, this girl still does some crazy things. Like, there's a scene in, uh, in Black Mask Club where she's over here dancing and on the pole. This ain't spoiling nothing. This ain't, like, uh, if you feel like I'm spoiling something, go on somewhere. Where she's dancing on the pole, and this one guy uh, tells her to get down from that pole. Like, like at first he was like turned on by, but he just either like she just throws her drink on him and the girl he was with, and he gets like teed off about that. And he said, "She said get down from there." So she got down, and she like jumps on this man's legs while he had to kick down on the table and like just breaks him. And <laughs> if you don't like, and they and the camera does not shy away from it. If you're a person that's not that does not like seeing like limbs or just pieces of your body getting broken, you might not like this film, especially legs. There are a lot of legs that are broken in this film, so be prepared for that. So, for her being crazy as hell, we see that she builds up enemies in a short amount of time, especially in the beginning. Like. This girl made enemies. Like you'll, you'll see throughout the beginning of the film, like through the, through the introduction of the exposition of the film, this girl makes at least about about six or probably like ten plus enemies in the beginning of the film alone. And we see her do these acts, and these like enemies will come back through like throughout like in this is still in the beginning of the film. They come back and like try to get like kill her. And like the film does this thing where like each new person that comes up, like it'll have like a name. Uh, association and grievance, like why they don't like why they don't like her. It happens throughout the film, but especially in the beginning, we see that happen. And it was like <laughs> she like she builds up enemies from like just anywhere from like roller from roller skating from like the guy that she broke his legs and from this 
there's just one guy that he he she he got like a clown tattoo on his face when she was with the Joker, and and that's another thing. Like a lot of these enemies are starting to realize that she's not with the Joker, so she gets sought out by a lot of people because they just want to get rid of because like she's just a nuisance to the world, and you kind of. You kind of just like be annoyed with her, and you if you can you can probably feel like you're annoyed by her at the beginning of the film because she just does a lot. But as is part of her character, like it's Harley Quinn. Like what what do you expect this girl to be sane and like calm and composed the whole time? Like no, this girl's crazy. She's bad, crazy man. And she's also like the the effects of her going through this breakup with the Joker. It takes like it plays a part of her psyche, and I think the film does a good job of doing of like explaining that and like translating uh, translating that through the story, because like if if you've been through a breakup, like man or woman, like you can like know, especially if it's like a uh, in a relationship that you like so been you've been so deeply involved in, and like you love this person, and you felt like you're never gonna leave this person, like this is the person you're gonna be with forever, and. You feel scorned, you feel hurt, you feel lost, you feel vulnerable. And, like, you kind of get a sense of that with Harley Quinn's character in this film. And I think the film does a good job explaining that. So that plays to a lot of the things that she does early in the film. Because, like, she's just, she's hurt. Like, her heart is, like, literally hurt. And we'll see, the, like, we'll see as the film progresses, she'll, like, try to do things to, like, build her heart. Like, from the very beginning, she tries to blow up the, the plant where Joker threw her into that bath of freaking... Whatever thing it was that bleached their skin and made her crazy, like she does these things to like kind of cope with herself and kind of like relieve herself of this stress and like it's kind of like a form of therapy for her. So, and like I said, with that like with the scene of them blowing up the plant and it was like fireworks shooting off and like there were some colorful scenes, some colorful uh, action scenes too. There was one specifically where um, there was once when it was in the police department. Or police precinct. See, I don't. I didn't get my my jargon correct when it comes to that, or just the verbiage. I, I would say when it comes to like pronounce it, because sometimes I don't know if it's like the department. You will pronounce it. I guess the building that they actually house is like the precinct. So, whatever. She goes to the precinct, and when they when she's at the precinct, she goes there with a gas can, shotgun, and beanbags, and you see like all these colorful like gas cans that she shoot at the police. Officers, which by the way, I don't know why none of them even shot her. Like it makes no sense. Like she's in the whole police department. Every police officer, as you see nowadays, has a gun. Nobody shoots her. Nobody. Nobody shoots. <gasps> Excuse me. Nobody shoots her at all. And she just goes through and runs rough shot throughout the whole department. Literally the whole department, and just shoots off this, this shotgun of just bean bags, uh, gas cans. It's, it's real colorful. It's, it's, and the film does, like, this thing with the action scenes. At least at the beginning, it'll do, like, these shots. And it'll be slow-mo with some of the flipping. There's, like, a lot of gymnastics involved with some of the action, as you can see. A lot of people getting flipped over. And it gets done a lot throughout the film. Like, kind of the same type of... It ain't the same type of action sequence, but, like, in the, in the same type of fighting style. Like, even not with just Harley Quinn, because of... Of course, the person, the man, the person's not gonna change their fighting style, but with other characters that we see throughout the film, like their fighting style, like you see a lot of people just getting flipped, like just like kicks and stuff, like people just getting flipped over, and like you'll see some slow motion a lot too throughout the film, and it's like it'll use like this moving shot. There was like a, I think it was like a 360 shot too that was you know, in the film uh, that was used 
Oh, it was at, at the very end of the film. I ain't gonna talk too much about that. But so yeah, that was a cool little action scene. But like I said, it does get done throughout the film. Not too much, but just enough. Where it's like, ah, all right, that, it don't make that that last scene look as cool because you're doing it again here. Um, so like I said, this film does a lot of like rewinding and going back into like the beginning of the film and to other scenes. Uh, so we we get a rewind and we see this other character, Black Canary. Um, is in this film and Black Canary, at least to my knowledge from like watching the cartoons and like knowing like a little bit of the DC comics, I was more of a Marvel guy growing up. Uh, black Canary in this film is actually black. Uh, <laughs> it's, she's actually black. Oh, ironic, right? Um, Cause in the comic book she's white. Uh, she's white in the cartoon she's white, but in this film she's black. Crazy. Mm. Yeah. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm hungry. And mm. she's played by um. If you remember, I was saying she's a Smollett, Janine Smollett Bell, beautiful woman, played by her, and. And before they even introduced her, like her name, when they first showed her, they showed her singing. I was like, is this Black Canary? And lo and behold, it is Black Canary. I just doubted it first because she was a black woman. And you'll see throughout this film that it does a good job of like including diversity with its characters. Because we have uh, Harley Quinn obviously being white, uh, Black Canary being black, uh, Rosie Perez characters being Hispanic. Um, there's a little girl in the film. I'll get to her after I talk about... Oh, well, I'm going to talk about her now. It's a little girl in this film, played by L.E.J. Bosco, who who connects all of the characters together, actually, too. She connects all the characters together because she has this little diamond. And that is what brings a lot of, like, Harley Quinn's character, Black Canary, Rosie Perez's character, and Huntress, played by Mary Elizabeth Winston. Um, They all come together because of this little girl, and... Mary Elizabeth Winston, she's white too. So the film has this diversity, which is pretty cool because if this film was made by like what, 10 years ago, probably won't see this kind of diversity in the film. And I'll I give it that, I'll give it props for that. So the little girl that brings them all together is, like I said, is, uh, her name in the film is Cassandra Kane. And she connects them all together through that diamond. She's, she's a little petty thief. And she ends up stealing this diamond from, um, Victor, uh, Rose, Roman, well, Black Mass is his sidekick. I'm just gonna call him by his supervillain name. Black Mass is sidekick, and that's where she ends up getting a target on her head, and it ends up being about five hundred thousand dollars. And that's where you see all these characters like trying to go after her, and like I said, that's where everybody comes together. And Huntress, in this film, she, when the film tells you the reason why this diamond is so important. And, like, the significance behind it, you would think that Huntress would have a more significant role in this film. Uh, but she kind of is, like, an underlying... She has, like, an underlying role throughout this film. Like, she'll make a few appearances and, like... And there's not as much as, like, we'll see uh, much of the little girl, of course, because she is the reason why everybody's together. But, like, Black Canary. But we see a lot of Harley Quinn and more so Rose Perez's character. But Huntress' character, like, she doesn't... She doesn't like have too like she doesn't do too much in the in the film, and she is a badass. Like she, 
Like she's she's she does some cool stuff in the film, and you even like her like Harley Quinn even call her one. But her thing, like her her stick in the film is that she's awkward as hell. Like she's awkward. She's just you like you know those people. For me, for instance, like people will probably think like, oh man, you that black that I'm awkward. Like I am, I'm weird. I always been weird. If you know me for years, you know I'm weird. So it. She's just awkward, and then, like do, they'll do some jokes about her being awkward out in the film, which is it's, it was it was alright. It wasn't too funny, but it was like just just funny just seeing her doing that, like just seeing the badass like superhero being like just awkward as hell. So like I said, the little girl brings them all together: Black Canary, uh, Harley Quinn, Huntress, and what's her name? Uh, Rose. Uh, I want a Rosie Perez character, Renee Mont- Montoya. On <laughs> that's the thing they do with her too. They like talk about her like having like talking like an '80s cop, <laughs> and you, and she kind of does, and it, it's funny. They, that's kind of that's kind of a little funny shit they do. But some of the main things about this film, as I pointed out earlier, it plays on a lot of misogyny and woman uh, woman power throughout the film. But it's not in an overbearing way that it ruins the film. Um, like it's not to the point where it's like woman these this woman like it's it's not overbearing so it's like just there enough to where it's like this is a theme because obviously you kind of knew it like going into the film that was going to be like kind of a theme in the, in the movie but it doesn't like throw it in your face like it's uh, take it woman power woman power they don't throw it in his face like that and the soundtrack kind of helps with that too kind of when you see the people on there like Megan the Stallion I know she's on there there's a song by um dang who sings Barracuda uh, I want to call him I want to call him I'm I feel bad for not remembering their name right now but I know the song and I know a couple of their songs actually because I feel bad for not knowing them um Normani's on there as well some other people that's on that the, the soundtrack of the film and like I said as the film does play on the, on the misogyny there are like a lot of rapey men in this film like almost a lot of guys that Harley encounters throughout the film. Besides, there are some few who are nice to her, and the film makes note of that. But of the like twenty percent of men that are in this film that are not like rapey or just like dang, what's that word? Like, cause like you see it with Rosie Perez character. Like a lot of the men, they just like doubt her, just like this. Think that she's stupid. I can't think of that word off the top of my head, but they just treat her like she's dumb because she's a girl. I don't know why. Um, but they kind of play on it a lot throughout the film. And, like, you see some people, like, get close. Like, even Harley Quinn, like, gets almost raped in the film, but she gets saved by Black Canary. Ooh, that's not a spoiler, guys. Like, come on. Like, come on, whatever. But you see a lot of those people throughout the film, and it's... That's one thing that you see. Um, Revenge and Retribution is the main thing that brings all the girls together because they all are, like, trying to get something back or trying to redeem themselves. Uh, with Harley Quinn, she's trying to get Retribution. I'm trying to, like, at first she was just my own business and she ends up, like, getting tied to all of this and, like, she's just trying to redeem herself and, like, get Retribution because she's just trying to complete her heart and just feel whole again after following that breakup of her and Joker. Black Canary, um, they allude to her having, like, her mother, and I'm assuming because she's of lighter skin, maybe the original Black Canary was white, I don't know. Um, but she's trying to get retribution for that and, like, just achieve and just be different from her mother. Um, Huntress, she has a thing in the film as well where she's trying to 
like your revenge for. And uh, Rose Perez's character does the same thing. So that kind of ties all the girls together, as well as the little girl, too. Not really, not necessarily the little girl. So that's kind of some of the, the main themes throughout the film. There was a funny moment where uh, Harley Quinn was in the precinct, and she went through the jail cells. It was funny, because like, I talked about like how there was like a lot of misogyny, like this weird, creepy man in the film, which there are a lot of them in real life. It's it's the movie's probably not lying about a lot of these guys. I like there are people like that out there. But the guy there's like <laughs> it was just funny because they these guys are in a jail cell and Harley Quinn's just walking by and like they all like just like ah like just trying to like get a piece of her. And this one guy just says it, it made me laugh in the film. This is like probably the biggest laugh I got in the film because it was just so funny. You just hear it. It's like one of those like little comments you hear in the side. And this guy says, Harley, I want you to stab me to death. Like, what? Like, I don't know. It made me laugh because you know how guys be like, oh, I want her to ruin my life. This guy want her to stab him to death. Like, hey, if that's what you into, hey, go ahead, man. I more power to you. But hey, I ain't with, I ain't with that stuff. So the movie does a, a good job. Of making you feel for the main characters through uh through the film as well, because as we go on, as the movie progresses, and we go through and, and see their story, especially more so Harley Quinn, coming from where she started to begin the film and to where it, it, where it ends, you kind of like root. Of course, you're gonna root for them, but you kind of like get a like a sense of like, yeah, you go, like yeah, Harley, good job, like you you doing your thing. You kind of get that sense that you rooting for these characters and have a little bit of emotional connection with these characters, especially Harley, throughout the film as it progresses. Um, the film goes by quick. I think it also has to do with the fact that, like, it does a lot of a rewind and, like, flashbacks a little bit in the beginning. And there are some flashbacks later towards the end of the film, but not too much as it was at the beginning. And if the film goes by quick, it has a runtime of an hour and 49 minutes, so it can also play a role into it not going by too too bad or too fast, uh, or, you know, too slow, I should say. So... Yeah, I mean, those are some of the good parts. Um, what I didn't like about the film, I kind of mentioned it a little bit. Like, there were some jokes throughout the film that I only really chuckled at a few. Like, they, they throw out a lot of jokes, but it's not as funny. Like, the comedy could have been done a little bit better. There are some, like, some stale jokes and, like, some stale punchlines that, like, some of the girls say or that some of the villains say, just people in the general just say in the film. Um, and like I said, every time we saw a black mask, like, this guy just yelling. By anything, anyone. It doesn't have to be a girl. It, was, it could be guys. It could be acupuncture doctors. Like anybody. He's like just yelling and doing everything. And one thing I didn't like as well about him and his characters, like we get a, a background for most of these characters in the film, uh, especially like with the girls and like even some of the like other people and like some of the guys in the film as well. But we don't really get. Uh, his sidekick got a, a background, but we don't even get really a background for. Him, like we don't get a background for Black Mask and like how how he got to where he is. The kind they kind of elaborate to it or like they kind of yeah they kind of like talk about it a little bit uh, throughout the film, but not like a actual flashback as we saw with some of the other characters. Uh, and I I kind of wanted that, and I expected him to kind of or Ian McGregor have kind of more range in the film except for just yelling and getting his feelings about something. Because like I said, every time we've seen him. He gets, he just gets in his feelings. He's just talking. He's very possessive. He's like, it should be mine, mine. And he's yelling. And he 
He does some some cruel stuff. There's a there's a scene you'll see in the film. He does something cruel in the in the club in front of everybody. It's, but I expected some just some more emotion. Just some different feelings from the guy. You know what I'm saying? Um beginning scenes are creative, but like I said, it gets repetitive throughout the film. Like with the slow motion and the gymnastics effects, um I mean just choreography I should say. You see that throughout the film. So out of ten I give this film a 6.5. And I give Tolly Hall a 5. Take half off because of the service, but the food is still good. So, I'm going to finish this food. And I'm starving. And um, that's my review for uh, Supplement Cinema, Birds of Prey. Y'all tune in next week. Next week, I'm going to talk about Sonic the Hedgehog. That's going to be the film for next week. So, thank y'all for tuning in with me today. Supper in Cinema. Peace out, man. I'm done. And I'm home.